Yes. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. How do you tell the story in one hour of my friend, Mr. Robert Trailer, a 94-year-old man who sired seven children, held the office of Arkansas State Representative in 1971, smuggled gems out of Africa. Was it Africa, Bob? Uh, Columbia. Columbia. Oh, even better. Gave up alcohol in his 50s and proudly became an early adapter of the healing powers of pot all the while exploring his talent for painting, discovering his love of art, and showing his works at the Arkansas Art Center's Delta Exhibition for the past 30-plus years. Well, this is how. You jump right in. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the table man of many lives and stories, Mr. Robert Trailer, who I call Bob. Hey, Bob. Hi. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. I don't think I know this. Where were you born, and who are your parents? Were you born in Arkansas? I was born in Little Rock at the old St. Vincent's. What did your mom and dad do? Uh, My father was a Little Rock businessman, uh, real estate, and my mother was a housewife. Everybody was a housewife back then. That's right. Um, So you later went into real estate, and we're going to talk about that. But I just need to tell our listeners that I have known you since I was a teenager. Out of your seven children, I hung out with about three of them and spent many a night at your house. You were married to Rita, a nurse. How did y'all meet? Uh, We met at a med school dance uh, in approximately 1949. Did you want to have seven children or was it all just an accident? Well, both. Uh, Are you an only child? Yes, and also Rita was an only child. So she wanted to have six children. We uh, had an accident and had seven. (laughs) David, are you listening? (laughs) You're an accident. You know, back then, in the, I guess that would have been in the 50s mostly, every child seems like was an accident. Yes, ma'am. You know, I kind of feel sorry for people today because they have so many choices. If you ever had to choose to have a child, I'm not sure I would ever choose to have one. But it sounds like you oh, and Rita great. did. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Thanks, son. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. You know, in the intro, I talked about uh, some of the things you've done. But you also had an insurance company and you had Titan uh, Mining Company where you mined for coals. Yes, ma'am. So... After college, you were a World War II veteran. So did you go to college first, or did you go to World War II first? I went to Hendricks one semester when I was 17, and then went in the Merchant Marine when I was 18. I saw that you went to Bremen, Germany, as one of the places that you uh, visited or occupied while you were in World War II. Tell us what Bremen was like then. 
uh, it was completely demolished. They had bombed it into oblivion. There was little left of the town when I was there. Why were you there? Uh, I was in the Merchant Marine, and we brought uh, goods, uh, food, and munitions and other things into Bremen for the U.S. Army. This was right after the war was over. Yeah, they really, um, everybody that was in Bremen, I believe, had to evacuate, according to this book I read. So you get out of you get out of the service, and you go to Hendricks College. Yes, ma'am. Went back to Hendricks. Graduated in 49. Did you know what you wanted to do? Uh, I imagined myself as a salesman of some type, and uh, I joined my father in the real estate business, both building uh, houses and selling them. And then you met Rita? Yes. In 49, we married in 50. I worked with my father in the real estate business and also the insurance business. And he built the Rose Motel and uh, on the Pine Bluff Highway in the 50s. I helped with that, and uh, I formed an insurance agency and uh, sold insurance for a number of years. The Rose Motel. Yes, ma'am. You held on to that for a pretty long time. Yes, ma'am. What year did you sell it? In the 70s, mid-70s. You say the Rose Motel on the Pine Bluff Highway, but I think of it as being on Roosevelt Road. Yes. And it it changed from when your father built it. That was the old Pine Bluff Highway in the old days. Mm -hmm. And then it changed. Uh, That whole strip was widened into four lanes and went into a bit of a disrepair. Yes, and the interstate uh, was built right next to the Rose Motel. So the interstate was the usual way of getting there. Mm -hmm. When you were in the um, real estate business, in the insurance business, is that when you had your offices in the train station in downtown Little Rock? Uh, That was when I was uh, mining coal in western Arkansas. Oh, so when you were in the insurance and real estate business, you were in your dad's office, I guess. Mainly in the tower building at that time. And then when you started mining coal, you moved it over to the train station, and that's where Buster's Restaurant is. And we need to talk about Buster's Restaurant. There is a lot to say about that era in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I want to find out about how you decided in the 1970s to run for office, but this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with my friend, Mr. Robert Trailer, who I call Bob, a 94-year-old man who sired seven children, held the office of Arkansas State Representative in 1971, smuggled gems out of Columbia, gave up alcohol in his 50s, and discovered art and drawing, and now has been showing at the Arkansas Art Center Delta exhibit since, I guess, the 1980s. We'll be back after the break. 
You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply FlagAndBanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger, since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016 branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years. If you'd like to sponsor this show or get involved with any of Carrie McCoy's enterprises, send an email to me, Gray, that's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. The flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Arkansas State Representative in 1971, Mr. Robert Trailer, a 94-year-old man who has a big life and continues to while still living in his big house in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Before the break, we talked about World War II, Bremen, in germany we talked about going to hendrix college working for your dad the rose motel and now we've moved into uh your business in the train station which you said was coal mining so how do you go from insurance and real estate to coal mining i've always had an interest in mining during world war ii when i was 15 i worked at a bauxite mine in bauxite arkansas an underground mine uh the uh, aluminum industry was uh very important to the war effort at that time i at 15 i drove a truck and uh worked at the mine that interests me in mining and uh since then i've done coal mining and some bauxite mining of my own you drove a truck at 15 and worked in a bauxite i bet you can't do that anymore at 15 probably not a trooper stopped me and uh wanted to see my chauffeur's license and i told him i did not have a license i was only 15 and he scratched his head and said, well, you go on. No problems. Uh, I had a load of uh, workers in the back. I drove them every morning from Little Rock to Bauxite. And he said, uh, I don't know how to handle this when you just go ahead on. He didn't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> right. So a load of people that you drove from on the outskirts of town or you drove from town out to the box site that wanted to work in, that were miners, I guess? Right. I picked them up every morning at 5 o'clock and drove them to the box site mine. In the company truck? Yes. Did you take the company truck home at night? Yes, ma'am. Wow, things have changed so much. Today, you would just get sued to death if you did something like that. There oh, are yeah. so many rules today. But back then, it's the war. You got that lot bigger fish to fry and problems to solve than 
some 15 year old taking people to their work every yes, day yes ma'am yeah we you know we we can just nickel dime ourselves to death with these uh laws today that sometimes are not very um are not very helpful because you might not have learned you loved uh mining if you hadn't had that job at 15 true i started working at 15 also i think it's really important for kids to get a good work ethic and start working early you're right well thank you bob (laughs) so y'all know that show bob newhart yes you know his wife suzanne plachette Mm -hmm. did you know there's a drinking game that every time she says the word bob you take a drink (laughs) no well, no. all I could we think could, about. We could do that during the show. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Every time I say your name, Bob, I think I need a drink. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so you're getting the coal mining. Now that's expensive. Do you own the mine yourself? The mine was leased. Is it an Arkansas mine? Yes. Because coal mining used to be kind of a big industry here in Arkansas. Yes, it did, and. It has declined. There's very little coal mining in Arkansas today. Why would someone lease their coal mine when they've got it? And they're like, well, I could make more money if I mined it myself. Why would they lease it? Why wouldn't they just mine it themselves? Uh, It entails a lot of investment. And uh, you have to sell the coal. You've got to have a program to get it uh, out of the ground and then have it delivered so it's more complicated than you think and uh, today there's little market for coal yeah so why'd you get out you saw the writing on the wall the uh, demand for coal about approximately 1980 it had declined to the point that there was not the demand for it. Already starting. Yes. When did you decide to run for representative on the Democratic ticket? I ran first in 68 and was defeated and uh, decided to run again in 71 and was elected at that time. I decided because I felt like uh, Arkansas uh, needed positive representation, and uh, I felt like the time had come for me to run. What did you not like? What was the representation that you didn't agree with? Uh, That was what the times that you would say the old guard was involved Mm -hmm. in politics. Things were changing. Uh, uh, Arkansas was coming into a new era, I felt, and uh, a new beginning. So I wanted to be part of that. Who was the governor at the time? Uh, Dale Bumpers was elected the same year I was elected, and there were 33 new members of uh, the Arkansas House elected at that time, which was a huge turnover in representation. We felt like a a new era was coming into the... uh, government at that time so i think it was mostly democratic then right 
we had two members of the Republican Party in the House and one Republican in the Senate at that time. Well, it sure has swung the other way. <laughs> yes, it has. Do you think that's because of gerrymandering? No, not so much as just the mood of the country and of Arkansas, I think. Mm. You know, I just want to say, because I need my kudos here, that I uh, worked on your campaign. And I appreciate it. <laughs> no kidding. Still <laughs> appreciate <laughs> I remember we I re- went out and, and uh, we campaigned up and down the streets. Yep. All over. Yes, we did. I went to uh, strip malls and handed out your flyers. And then I went in the back of a truck and wrote, because you could ride in the back of trucks back then. And I rode in the back of trucks around the Heights and handed out flowers. And your son, who just recently passed, rest in peace, Robin, was driving. And I remember we went a wrong way on a one street. We were all screaming. but it was great fun it was a great learning experience too i think you had it what was your slogan it was something catchy oh no it was your song Uh, song trailers not for sale or rent he's for good government oh my gosh that was it (laughs) that That was was it it. i can't believe i pulled Uh, that out uh, (laughs) right Wow, I love that. I know it is. There was more to it, but that's all I can remember. I'm doing good to get to that. So, all right, let's talk. My on. slogan was "Trailer tries" at that time. There yeah. you go. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. There was also uh, we had hats that we yes. would take a bite out of because there was a cigarette commercial that said something like, "I would rather eat my hat than switch." And and in the commercial was a pla- was a hat with a bite out of the bite rim. out of it. Why did your campaign have that? We handed out hats with bites taken out of them all the time. Huh. Yes, and uh, let's see, they were straw hats made out of straw or look like yeah, looks straw like straw hats. Uh-huh. Yes. Why did we do that? You remember? Uh, we wore things around at that time that advertised. Oh, I guess we were just wearing it, and that was everybody was wearing those hats with bites out of the rim, and I guess we just had Bob Trailer on one of those hats. Yes, we did. We took the bumper stickers, and they went around the the hat. Oh, yes, I got you. Mm-hmm. All right, let, you went to UALR. When did you decide... So you get out of the coal mining. I guess you're still in real estate. I guess you're still in insurance, right? Right. Uh, you're at the train station, though. Yes. This is Buster's heyday for everybody that remembers Buster's heyday in the train station. It was a great time to go down there. That's when you had two martini lunches. Yes. It was a, It was great. I'm just telling you. Of course, we didn't get anything done after that. But they <laughs> right. didn't have the internet back then, so you didn't really need to do anything <laughs> after that. Right. Uh, uh, but you decided to quit drinking. Is it because you were had your business above Buster's? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, I, I still drink a little bit. Not very much. I don't think it's good for me. Oh, okay. Solid answer. I can't complain with that. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take another quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with my friend, Mr. Robert Trailer, Bob. Another chance to take a sip. A ninety four year old man <laughs> who sired seven children, held the office of Arkansas State Representative in nineteen seventy one. 
was a coal miner investor, was an insurance agent, was a real estate agent. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about his life as an artist. He has been exhibiting at the Arkansas Art Center for over 30 or 40 maybe years. And he went to UALR for a little while. And we're not going to skip and forget to talk about how he smuggled precious gems out of Columbia. This is a good story. We'll be back after the break. When you think of Arkansas flag and banner, that's probably exactly what you think of, flags and banners. But there's so much more to this wonderful store. Their website, flagandbanner.com, will show you everything they've got beyond just the flags and banners, such as flagpoles, bunting, custom-made flags and banners and pennants, string pennants that are ready to buy and go and put to use around your business or your event, all the hardware and accessories that you need for flagpoles, a gift shop filled with all kinds of items you won't find anywhere else, and they really do make perfect gifts. And then finally, the Arkansas Flag and Banner YouTube channel is filled with helpful hints on how to use the products you buy at flagandbanner.com. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Arkansas State Representative in 1971, Mr. Bob Trailer, a man with a big family and a big, big life. Before the break, we talked about World War II, Bremen, Germany, Hendricks College, real estate, insurance, coal mining, Buster's Restaurant, your campaign in 1971 as a house representative under the democratic party and now i want to talk about the story where you decided like you said earlier at the break that you were really interested in uh, uh what how did you put it not coal mining but geology maybe so what made you decide that you were going to go to columbia and buy gems to come back and sell in america i had a friend that was uh going to columbia and he invited me, particularly if I would help invest with him in the venture. So I agreed, and off we went. He had been there before, and uh, he was interested in uh, buying gems there. Did you not know Columbia is a scary place? It was somewhat scary at that time, yes, but uh, we we didn't have any problems, as it turned out. I thought you did. I thought you had to get in a chase to get to the border because... Uh, there, we went to a mining town, uh, reported that uh, the seven miles into town was uh, a spot where... They would uh, rob you and kill you if necessary. And, uh, yes, when we left the town of Musso, we drove very fast, and uh, we saw people on the road that might have tried to ambush us. But that was the only real problem that we had uh the next two days later there were three people killed on that road and uh were robbed you're either bringing money into the town or you're leaving with the gyms so 
one way or another, uh, they would uh, ambush you. Did you you go do it again, or did you just do it the one time? You said, you know, I have a bunch of kids. I better not do this. Uh, We just did it one time. Uh, We went up to the mine. They allowed us in, and we uh, went to where they were mining the uh, what gem- emeralds, em- oh, emeralds, emeralds. Mm. emeralds, and uh, this is uh, one of the most productive areas of emeralds in the world there. And the Columbia government, they regulate it, so everything goes through the government. So if you buy emeralds except from the government you are breaking the law therefore we had to you might say smuggle we just carried them out in our pockets i think that would be called smuggling or stealing <laughs> no we paid, <laughs> yeah, we paid for them, for them. Yeah. Oh, there so you go. we didn't steal them there you no. go uh, also, when we were in uh, the main town there, we purchased uh, uh, emeralds that uh, supposedly smugglers had smuggled. So we bought uh, them there also, what would be a black market. Dirty, dirty emeralds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Did, uh, did you make any money on the deal? Uh, was it worth the effort? <laughs> Didn't make a great deal of money, but it's very interesting uh, situation. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a story you can tell Dude, fifty yeah. years later on the radio. Right. And, right. And, and 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 I'm sure being a person that likes that sort of mining, you were very fascinated by the way they did it. Yes, I was. I had no idea. Uh, exactly how it was done however it is uh illegal that type of mining today is illegal what type of mining is it uh they started with the mountain and would uh, uh use dynamite and blow it up and push it off the mountain and Till they got down to the minerals, and then they would take those out. Where are emeralds in the mountain? Are they in the very center? Are they all over? They are encapsulated into lenses that uh, are in the mountain. You can see the emeralds. Of course, most most of it was uh, just removal of rock and dirt, and. Uh, this was pushed off into streams and polluted the streams, and they have now outlawed it. Now you have to do hard rock mining in the mountain, follow the vein itself. How big is an emerald? Is it a big, or there, is it a lot? I mean, you see little emerald rings and stuff. So are they all just a bunch of little small deposits, or is it? a big rock and you break it up into smaller ones it's smaller uh most of it you have to to break out and emeralds are usually 
not very large. Mm-hmm. It's probably got the emerald right in the core, and then there's all this geode around it, I guess. Yes, uh, crystals. It It's embedded with crystals. Oh, I bet those are nice, though. Uh, They're not sellable? No. Oh. So uh, what year is this? So I can just get my bearings here where I am. This was in the 80s, early 80s. So now you decide to get out of the insurance and real estate business, I guess, or out of the coal mining business. When did you you decide, okay, I'm going to get out? I had real estate holdings, and I had a apartment building on 3rd Street where my office was. I had uh, apartments there, and uh, I ran that apartment building and other real estate that I owned until two years ago when I sold and moved my operation to my house. I still have real estate holdings around the state. Oh, you started UALR. Once you hit 60, you were telling me, because I'm past 60, you can go to school for free. Yes, ma'am. What did you take? I took uh, art and geology, archaeology. Course. And history, but mainly art was uh, my main subject. I want to talk about your art, and I want to take the last break, and then I want to come back and talk about your art. It's fantastic. You you paint with a lot of color, which is exactly the kind of art I like to buy. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with my friend Bob Trailer, who held the office of Arkansas State Representative in 1971, smuggled gems out of Columbia, which you just heard about, gave up alcohol in his 50s, became an early adopter of the healing powers of pot all the while exploring his talents for painting, discovering his love of art, and showing his works at the Arkansas Art Center's Delta Exhibition. When we come back, we're going to talk about his art. We know you probably see a lot of videos during the course of a week, but you've probably never seen one like this. Subscribe to FlagandBanner.com's YouTube channel and see flagpole climber Robert Ray, one in a million. He recently climbed one of our customers' flagpoles in downtown Little Rock, simply to fix a broken pulley that a bucket truck couldn't reach. Our team was there to watch this rare sight, and as Robert ascended, the excitement was thick. Check it out and see all the other tutorials and videos on the flagandbanner.com YouTube channel. You don't want to miss a thing. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Robert Trailer of North Little Rock, Arkansas. Who would give the Dozeki Beer Man commercial, the most interesting man in the world, mm-hmm. a run for his money? All right, if you're just tuning in, we have been talking about world. We started at World War II, mm-hmm. and we have come all the way up to the present where he is still running his real estate holdings out of his home, Mr. Robert trailer is and we've talked about his mining operation his insurance operation his his uh, campaign for state right? oh good that you participated in that i participated in thank you and i sang a song too just a minute ago yep sorry <laughs> yeah, please go back and listen if you haven't heard it <laughs> so now we're going to talk about um your art how did you decide to get into your art? And I believe it was in the 80s when you started painting. Did you always know you had a love of painting? Yes. 
uh, I, I like and was interested in art uh, when I was in junior high school. I started, and uh, I didn't feel like I had time to devote to it until I reached about 60 and decided I would join the art center. That was in 1985, and I've been a member ever since. I took courses at ULR for about 10 years, and... uh, Enjoyed every minute of it, yes. The Arkansas Art Center Delta Exhibit. You've been participating in that ever since I can remember. Uh, I have uh, I've been accepted one time oh. for a uh, piece that I did. I have submitted before and not been accepted. I've been accepted one time. Yes, indeed. you're going to have to start giving more money to the art center. I, guess. I know it. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so you don't sell your art. You gave me before the show. You gave me a calendar that is absolutely stunning of your art, and you like still lives too, which is unusual. Yes, not a lot of people paint still life. I don't think. Uh, I try to do everything from uh, start from just plain old art to uh, some special uh, paintings, and also I do ceramics. Oh, you do? Yes, ma'am. So you do a lot of color, too. You paint with a lot of color. I've always liked color. I do, too. The more color, the better, I figure. Me, too. So what's next for you? Uh, I'm headed for the Buffalo River. I'm going to... Float the buffalo one more time. We have an annual, uh, for the family, I have an annual get-together on the Buffalo River every year. Didn't last year because of the pandemic, but for the last, well, since 87, the family, we've had an annual float trip on the buffalo. So, float Trailer flotilla. Yes, ma'am. We usually have about 30. Well, that's just your family. Yes. (laughs) And a few other friends, yes. Well, you've always kind of liked the water also because you have a houseboat on the Arkansas River. Yes, ma'am. You still have it? Still have it. Yes, ma'am. I've had it since uh, the 80s and uh, have enjoyed it greatly. What do you think about the new uh, Little Rock Yacht Club? It's uh, very fancy. He's got a lot of docks down there, and uh, there are more and more boats on the river. So I'm sure he'll have lots of boats there before he's food. You know, there's never been enough uh, docks on the river, and now we've got two new, fairly recent docks for people to use the river more. Right. We and, sure do. And the river's always high now, so you can't use it as much. Uh, it comes and goes. It mostly comes down. these days. <laughs> and during the uh, 80s, I took a trip down the Arkansas, down the Mississippi, to New Orleans in the houseboat, and then across to Mobile 
and up the Tin Tom Waterway to Paducah, Kentucky, back down the Ohio Mississippi River to the Arkansas River and back to North Little Rock, Arkansas. That sounds so fun. How long did that take you? Well, I did it in four trips, and it took about a year, but it actually took a month. If you'd never stopped. Right. It was about 3,000 miles and took, I think it was 28 days in all. So you would take it to down, you take the Arkansas River to the Mississippi, like maybe at Memphis, and spend the night in Memphis? No, no. Uh, it The Arkansas comes into the uh, Mississippi below uh, Memphis. Memphis. Oh. At Helena. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and, right. And... Uh, uh, we left we left the boat in New Orleans and came back several months later, took it across to Mobile and up the Tintom Riverway to Alabama, left it there, then came back, took it to uh, Memphis, left it at Memphis, and then back to North Little Rock. How old were you when you did that? You had to be retired. It was 80, uh, yeah, I would have been in my 60s. I've been on that boat. It's slow. Very slow. (laughs) Very slow. It'll go 10 miles an hour. There you go. That's a lot. Takes a month. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What was the most harrowing thing that happened to you on the trip? I know there had to be one, because I've been boating enough in my life to know there's always a harrowing experience. Uh, We were on the Tennessee River uh, headed west, and uh, all these boats started going by the other direction at a high speed. Listen to the radio. There was a tornado coming. We turned around and followed the boat. Uh, we pulled in a uh, spot behind a little island, and the tornado hit about that time. It uh, uh, tore down the trees and the electricity and uh, more or less mm, tore up the uh, uh, around us, the land around us, but we were protected by this island, and uh, that was about the most exciting, I think, was the tornado, (laughs) which didn't have anything to do with the uh, the trip, of course. It just happened we hit the tornado at the wrong time. It's a single engine, isn't it? In your boat, yes. a single engine. Those yes. are kind of hard to steer. No. No? <laughs> no isn't a twin engine easier to steer? He's got it covered. It can be, yes. Yes, in that you can maneuver it more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, one engine is uh, it's pretty slow. But it'll get you there. It's a great little boat. It's a, What year is that boat? Uh, 60, 
seven. Vintage. You know, I'm just thinking about being on a boat when the tornado is whirling around you. I mean, tornadoes are not nice to boats. Did you stay on the boat or did you jump off and get on the island? Because if you're on a boat and a tornado comes, you could end up you could end up half a mile down. No, we stayed on the boat. Who were you with, Danny? Danny, I knew my it. son, Danny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good story. Do you sell any of your artwork, Mr. Bob Trailer? Uh, no. No, I don't. Uh, I give it away mainly to my children, uh, some to other people that might want it. I've got my hand up. Okay. <laughs> All right. All pick right, me one then out. You, I'll pick you one out. You, You've got it. Oh, boy. I'm so happy. You uh, you have painting, You have painted for so long, you're going to have to give some of it away or take out a warehouse space. Well, I wish I devoted more time and effort to it. But you know how things are. I know. Okay, I can't let you off there without talking about you are an early adopter of marijuana and the health benefits of it. Tell us why. Uh, I found that, uh, and I have studied it some, that uh, it has many very good qualities for your health. You name it, it will help most any problem that you have. Well, I feel like it's the new snake oil. It does. They say it does. It cures cancer, glaucoma, inflammation, mood swings. I mean, they say it does all of this stuff. And I'm like, well, which ones does it really work on? And it seems to me like it should not be good for your lungs. Uh, no, it isn't good for your lungs. That's why you eat it. Do you eat it or smoke it? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of both. There you go. So, um is it, do you take any kind of anti-inflammatories, or is it really good for inflammation? Yes. I don't take any drugs. None? None. 94 years old? So far, so good. I love it. Well, he's a walking testimony to the medicinal benefits of marijuana. There you go. Yes, ma'am. And you've been smoking, you've been using marijuana for 40 years, I think. 35, maybe. I will say this, though, Bob. You didn't start till you were in your 60s or 50s, 50s or 60s. Right. It's not, it, it is a low motivator sometimes for young people to do it too much. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, there you go. All right. I've really enjoyed talking with you so much. Will you come back on your 100th birthday, please? I, I certainly will. And I want to commend you for this wonderful program you've been putting on for what, five years now, and it's a wonderful, informative program. Thank you, And Bob. stay with it. Okay, I All will. All right. She's planning on it. I am. Good, <laughs> I good. enjoy it. Thank you. I have a present for you. You brought me a calendar with all of your art in the calendar, so that's your present to me, and this is my present to you. It's a U.S. and Arkansas desk set. Oh, thank you so much. Mm, I welcome. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I am going to put it on my desk. There you go. That's the perfect place for it. I want to tell all our listeners in closing, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening. And that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. On today's program, you heard Robert Trailer mention the Arkansas River and how he navigated it with his houseboat. One of our favorite past shows on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy has been a visit with Samuel Ellis from Rockwater Marinas. He navigates the Arkansas River every day. He knows if you go one way, 
you can see metropolitan downtown Little Rock from the Arkansas River. But if you go the other way, you may find yourself in the middle of what looks like a beautiful rainforest. Um, so luckily, we're in the last two years that I've been at Rockwater Marina, um, on our guided on our tours through downtown, those are guided, and uh, you know we don't let people just go down that by themselves. At least you know in our boats, mm-hmm. um, it's open water. People are allowed to get out and see it, no matter what they want. I don't own the water, mm-hmm. um, but um, behind Rockwater Marina is a stretch of sandbars and islands that really protects everything from the the main the main channel, any boat traffic, and it's really crazy because if you put in the water and you go just out a little bit from Rockwater Marina. If you go left, you're going right through the heart of downtown. If you go right, you go into these islands and sandbars and you don't see any other buildings. You feel what? like you're in the middle of nowhere. Now say that again. If you leave Rockwater Marina mm-hmm. and you go downstream mm-hmm. and you stay to the right, yep. you see downtown Little Rock. You go underneath uh, Bering Cross Bridge, which is the, the, the functioning train bridge right there that still mm-hmm. raises and lowers for mm-hmm. barge traffic. Um, you go underneath all the bridges through downtown. Yeah, six bridges. Six, or you, yeah, well, but not really six. Uh-huh. But, but if you go on the left side, on the North Little Rock side, you're saying that you can go between a sandbar? Mm-hmm. So um, just upstream from Rockwater Marina. Oh, upstream. Upstream. So, yeah, just if you were to take a right coming out and following the North Little Rock Bank, uh-huh. that goes up into Emerald Park and then goes all the way up into Murray Park and then up into Cook's Landing and then the Big Dam Bridge. So really everything from north, everything north of Rockwater Marina is all parks. So you can take a left and go through the downtown and see the beautiful city and the hustle and bustle of the downtown evenings. Or you can literally take a right and feel like you're uh, in, a, in a rainforest and not really see another soul. And I bet there's not much current over there. No. So that's the great thing is since it is protected by all these islands and sandbars, not only does it give us protection from any kind of current, but you can also get out and explore the sandbar. Samuel Ellis. You can find his full interview on the Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy YouTube channel. You can also find an interesting interview with Sheffield Nelson, one of the most interesting Arkansans we've ever had on the show. He's done everything, including run for governor. So how long was it before you decided, after leaving ARCLA, going into the law profession, how long was it before you said, you know, I think I'm going to try politics? Well, I actually been involved in politics during my Arkley years. You had to be. You had to get along with the legislature. You had to get along with the sitting governor uh, and senators. Er, I mean, it's United States senators and congressmen. So I had a good base of friendships there uh, that I always knew that when I wanted to do something else, I would run for, for governor. Never wanted to be anything else. Would not have run for anything that took me to Washington. Would not have run for a state senator and anything else. And the people would either elect me or not. Uh, if uh, for the governorship. Well, you had children, didn't you? I did. And uh, how old were they probably about then? Uh, oldest one at the time was about uh, 16, 17. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good time to be the moving them. It had been terrible. It would have been mm-hmm. terrible. But what I did was uh, I, I worked hard at Arkla during the day, but I also did a lot of hard work uh, in the other part of the day when I wasn't at Arkla and at night. I did a lot of fundraising for a lot of good causes. Uh, my wife was very good at that and helped me in different uh, from different levels of that. We tied in with various uh, groups that are awfully good, and later in life it became uh, Easter Seals uh, and Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame and something like that I, I've raised a lot of money for. But we did that sort of thing in addition to our other. So it was very natural for me. At the, I, I left Arkla December 31st, 
1984. Joined the law firm the next day or two days later. Uh, and then I started Don't building. Don't want to rest. <laughs> started building toward uh, running for governor. I mean, that was on my mind. The lawyers oh. did when I went into the firm. Oh, okay. Didn't start openly. Just started making speeches around the state. Started continuing to work for good causes doing things that would just get my name a little more out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what well, I it's did out until, there. until the time I ran in 1990. Your name's, I did, I your name's two easy ones to run against. That was oh, name. yeah, right. <laughs> Bill Clinton and Jim Guy Tucker, two of the best ever in the state of Arkansas and really among the best in the country. So I, the timing was not right. And, you know, when you think about it, today is exactly the opposite of what it was back then. Back then, the Democrats owned everything. They owned just about every office. Uh, now the Republicans own that. You had that turnaround, and... I think Asa and I contributed to the turnaround because after we both got beaten uh, in 1990, we decided to grow a Republican Party in Arkansas. It had kind of fallen back. So let's let's tell the listeners, though, that you were a Democrat. That's right. And when you decided that you wanted to run for the governorship, the slot was filled by Bill Clinton. Well, that wasn't the reason, though. Let me tell you, it went a little further back than that. I actually started converting when Ronald Reagan uh, ran for president. So that had to be 1980. Uh, Jimmy Carter had gotten the country in bad shape. I just felt we had to have a change, and I thought Reagan was a great answer to it. And I started changing at that time. I never had to say what I, what I really was. The only time I'd ever declared what I was was when I was about 21, 22 years old and ran for uh, for a president of the Young Democrats. Uh-huh. Uh, but that, that didn't make any difference. The real decision Were you the president of the Young Democrats? No, we got beaten. I got oh. beaten in a deal involving Jim McDougal and Sam Boyce. Oh, Lord, and all I, those names. And I Man, said, you I said, were in everywhere. Let me correct the Young Democrats. It's actually State Democrat Party at the time. Oh, yes. But right. I was in my early 20s. <clears throat> From that time forward, the only time I ever had to raise my head about what party I was in was when I ran for office. It had nothing to do with being afraid of Clinton because I knew that I'd have to face him either directly oh. or indirectly. Yeah. So that didn't, that didn't make my, my mind up. That's just a couple of the upcoming programs on Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Thank you for tuning in every week. We hope you enjoy the program. Sponsored by FlagAndBanner.com. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to FlagAndBanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, Gray, G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.